This is the Spa Retailer Podcast, where we talk retail, business, and all things related to the hot tip industry. I'm your host, Megan Kendrick, owner of Spa Retailer Magazine. Welcome to the Spa Retailer Podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Mike Isley. He is the managing partner at Paradise Leisure Scapes. They've got two locations in Saskatchewan, that's Canada, if you're not aware, in Regina and in Saskatoon. Two, I've definitely been to Regina. I can't remember if I've been to Saskatoon or not. I've been to Medicine Hat. Do you go through Saskatoon to get to Medicine Hat? Does that sound right? You do not. Oh, but okay. depends where you're coming from. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I probably have not been to Saskatoon. But yeah, thanks for coming on today, Mike. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. As if anyone listens to the podcast with any regularity, they know that I love to talk to people from uh, North Dakota. And I feel like Saskatchewan is a, another arm of North Dakota. So I always <laughs> get excited when I get people on from like my kind of home base. I always like to start with just asking people about their backgrounds. Where did you grow up? Go to school? Have you always been in the area? What's what's your story? I was born and raised in Saskatoon and yeah, went to high school at Walter Murray Collegiate and went from there and then started working at Paradise back in 1998 or 97. Oh, wow. So quite a few years ago. And then yeah, it's been a fun ride. Started off in the retail department and worked my way up and then became a partner about 15 years ago. When you started working there, did you envision this as your long-term career or was it for most of us somewhat of a, a stopgap that we just never left? <laughs> yeah, funny enough, I always thought that I wanted to be with a private business somewhere that I could actually make a difference and my say counts and that kind of thing. And so that's what intrigued me. And we, you know, yeah. when I started, we were quite small back then and selling hot tubs and hot tub chemicals. And it was, it was exciting and people loved it. And I think that's what brought me to it. It yeah. kept me there. And that's the thing, right? Like that we talk about in the industry all the time is that these are fun products. Like it's a fun thing to sell. It's a happy thing to sell. People are excited about it. They can be really life-changing. And once you're in, you get, you get hooked a little bit. It's addicting, right? That's what we're doing. We're creating backyards and creating a place for people to be when they're at home and enjoy it. Yeah. So it's their cottage at home. Yeah. So how did the how did Paradise originally get started? Well, that was back in 1970. So that was a long time ago. Oh man, that's like early hot tub days. You bet you. It yeah, actually was building kinda... lots of lots of pools back then and it's uh, yeah, pretty cool actually. So one of my business partner in uh, Regina, Kelly Miet, his uh, dad was uh, one of the founders, and then they opened up in 1970 in Regina, and then 1980 in uh, Saskatoon. Okay, so when they started, you said that they were doing pools. Did they start as a pool company and then expand into hot tubs eventually? Yes, pretty much, and it was both off of the start. But yeah, it, it originated around swimming pools, is where it was, and swimming pool chemical and that kind of stuff. And the same thing we are today, just different variety. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. I again, like that is, that's when the hot tub industry was started. And so I, it's always so interesting because I talk about this industry is still 
like a relatively young industry, right? So many of these people who founded these companies are still around, still running them. And these are the people that grew the industry from what it was, those like wooden barrel hot tubs to what we have now, right? To the full-blown fancy schmancy swim spas. (laughs) You betcha. Technology's come a long way. So it started out as a small one-store operation in Regina. Are you guys still in the same location there or how did it how did it grow over the years or expand? Well, they had a location that was uh, actually right near where they are now across the street, believe it or not. And then so we got uh, the new location approximately 15 to 20 years ago now. So it'd be a long time ago now. And uh, we freshly renovated it here a few years ago. And so it's given us the space that we need and we could always use more space, but very happy with where we're at in both cities. And we've got great locations and we're checking out. When did they add the Saskatoon location? You might have said it. I'm sorry, I missed it. No, that's okay. The company was founded in 1970 in Regina, but then brought into Saskatoon in 1980. So 10 years later. Okay, that's right. Okay, okay. Yeah, so pretty quickly, like two-store operation. How far apart is Regina and Saskatoon? So we're approximately a two and a half hour drive. Okay, okay. Not like around the corner type situation. That's a good, it makes sense that you would need, so Kelly's, in the Regina area and then you're in Saskatoon. So it makes sense that you would need like people in both spots to really make it work. Yeah. And then what happens is in both too. So we service all of Saskatchewan. So (laughs) being able to do that, we split up the province. We get this side of the province and Regina gets that side of the province. And that's the way that we can best take care of the entire province. Yeah. So does that mean that you, you just get to keep going North and North? Is that your territory then? So you just get to keep colder and colder. (laughs) You got it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. In the winter though, it's worth it because just rent a little snow machine or something. But really, have you had to do that before to get to locations is get a snow machine to actually be able to get to someone's house or is it not quite that bad (laughs) no it's not quite that bad we get we definitely get the snow and stuff but uh, no it's all manageable yeah I think I don't think most people appreciate most people in the hot tub industry appreciate like the extremes that you get to deal with on a regular basis when it comes to taking care of people's hot tubs and When you live there and grow up there, it's just what you do. You don't put a whole lot of thought into it. Like it's 30 below, but we still got to live life because otherwise we would do nothing ever. That's right. (laughs) And, but I'm curious, what do those extreme colds, like how does that impact how you run your business as far as service and delivery? And just, I would imagine even down to the brands that you choose to sell, you are looking for something that's maybe a little hardier than the normal person. And you're absolutely right. One of the things that we've worked through the years in doing is trying to secure the best products. And Saskatchewan in Western Canada is a different animal. And when it comes to the weather, we need products that can withhold the minus 40, but they also need to withstand the plus 40. It's not just the one side. And when I think that we've done a, a really good job through the years in partnering with the right manufacturers. And I think that's a lot of our success is just making sure that we've got the the proper product that people need for our climate. And when it comes to servicing and stuff like that, yeah, it's yeah. you know not ideal for anyone to be out in minus 40, but it's part of it. And we're also set up and very well trained to know what we're looking for and what we're doing. When we're out, we're efficient and hopefully don't have to be out there as long. So what brands do you guys carry now? 
So as far as in the hot tub side, we've dealt with hot spring for almost 40 years now, so a long time. And we also carry coast spas mm-hmm. and bullfrog spas. So those are our three main lines. Yeah. And then, and a lot of our business too is into the swimming pool and we're just finishing the swimming pool season. And sure. fortunately, years back too, we got a lot into the backyard living. So with the patio furniture and the barbecues and all that stuff, that's been a, a great addition to our business in the last 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. You guys do, you carry a, a lot of brands like across the board from hot tubs to the furniture and everything. Do you feel like, especially with the like seasonality of where you are, do you feel like you need to have kind of a bunch of different lines to keep things rolling all year long? Yeah, I think it's diversity is is key, right? But I think that's what uh, we strive towards. And that's what makes a better business through the years is saying, okay, how can we help consumers in, in other ways in the off seasons? And how mm-hmm. can we do our job better, you know, as well? So, you know, our off seasons are still busy, that's for sure. A lot of it has to do with training and making sure that the staff is up to par, what they need sure. to be to stand behind our name. A lot of, especially pool companies in the Northeast they tend to lay off a bunch of their staff in the off season and then hire them back in the summer. Do you guys do that? Or do you just, or do you try to keep everyone employed all year long? Yeah, it's always a tough thing again in the seasonal business. That's for sure. And again, through the years, we've been, you know, fortunate, I think to get uh, a lot of full-time people, Mm -hmm. um, that uh, we've been able to keep uh, with the exception of we're always going to have some part-time construction and things that we just we need the extra laborers but only for a amount of time back in the day students and and now we get a lot of the local football players or whatever just great guys great workers and you know great people in general that's generally what we do when we need it that's yeah that's nice I feel like I don't hear people talking about getting summer jobs when they're in high school so much anymore especially not labor type jobs I feel like that was a big thing when I was growing up like you'd get a job in the summer you'd go like you said you'd like go mow lawns and build pools and do that kind of stuff I feel like that's I just don't hear people getting that many high school kids in the summer anymore but you still it's not like you still are it sounds like yeah, it's funny. We have a, um, a maintenance department. So what that means is that we just we go and we look after your hot tub or your pool for sure. you. And we're the ones who maintain it for you. And so that's typically where we will. We'll get high school students, young university students, that kind of thing. And it's a perfect job for them. They're outside all summer long and yes. they're cleaning those pools. They can be the uh, pool girl or pool boy. It's yeah, it's a fun title. I love that. I And yeah, again, I it just seems like that's not the kind of jobs that kids are are trying to get in the summer anymore. And I don't yeah. really understand why, because I feel like it's, yes, again, the perfect summer job. You're out in the sun, you're staying in shape, we're working right. hard. I don't know. I think it sounds great, but apparently <laughs> not as popular as it once was. So no, but that's awesome for you guys. Yeah, no, it's been good. I'm curious what it was like for you guys then during the pandemic. Areas of Canada were a lot stricter than some of the stuff that we had to deal with. So what was it like for you guys? Did you have to did you have to close? Were you able to stay open? What was that period like for you? Yeah, the pandemic, obviously interesting time for everyone, changed business, uh, I think, in a whole for a lot of different industries, if not most. I think the thing is with us is that there was high demand and hard to get the product. It was uh, almost a double whammy, just a lot of people, not a bad problem to have, but it 
going through that. As far as being closed and stuff, we were limited. Mm -hmm. We were never actually closed due to being classified as essential in in different areas. Mm -hmm. But truthfully, yeah, we could only have a certain amount of people in the store. It was a different way of doing business, you know, which, uh, you know, I think unfortunately brought uh, some of the internet in and people then shopping online instead of local. And I think that caused its own problems, unfortunately. So hopefully that gets back a little bit to normal and People appreciate the storefronts and and what we can do for them and and the service and the knowledge. Do you think they did that for the convenience? I I don't want to get out because of the pandemic, or was it more of just the the lead times being so long? And so they were looking for, was there any way they could potentially get something faster? Yeah, they might have been looking for that for sure. You never know, but it's that wasn't happening. They weren't getting it any quicker or anything like that. It was right. a, a bigger problem mm-hmm. than just a few local stores. <laughs> this was like but, a global supply issue. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, I think it was a lot of it too. People were forced to stay home. People were, were working from home. People were, and so what do you do? You get on your phone and you you start looking at things. And again, I call it, unfortunately, I, I'm not sure that the, the internet is where to buy everything. I wouldn't buy a hot tub online, but I also know a lot about hot tubs. You don't know what you don't know. That's right. But other than that, the pandemic, again, it's, yeah, there was definitely people, I think it brought awareness to our industry, which was a nice thing, I think, for us, if I'm going to say a positive out of the pandemic. Yeah. It it made awareness to people wanting their backyards and wanting to appreciate them a little more than I think what Mm -hmm. they did. Again, you you carry a, a lot of different hot tub brands. Do people tend to care if it's a Canadian made product is that important to some of your customers or are they just or is it like interchangeable US Canada to them yeah, I think it's interesting because, of course, a lot of people want a Canadian-made product and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And fortunately, we carry both, both Canadian and, uh, um, you know, it's it's not a right or wrong. It just yeah. becomes like, what is the brand and how efficient are they? And are they made for our climate? Where they're made isn't necessarily it all. But yeah. so to answer your question, I would say that uh, thankfully we offer both. And But yeah, I think it is important to some people knowing that they're built here because mm-hmm. it must be built then for the climate, you know, is kind of what the thought is. Sure. But some of the big manufacturers like a hot spring and a bullfrog, they're one of the most energy efficient spas ever made. It doesn't matter what the climate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just curious, since you do carry both, yep. <laughs> <laughs> if that was part of it for you is being able to hit both crowds and both schools of thought with those. Yeah, I think it's always important, again, to just have available what we feel is the best for the consumer and that comes back on us too the better the product is the better it is for us and and the consumer a lot less trouble a lot less problems and and again with good manufacturers that that are willing to stand behind the product makes it easy for us as a retailer to you know stand behind our customers yeah so i have talked to retailers in the recent past one in hawaii and one in alaska and so nice. for them, the just the logistics of getting hot tubs look a lot different than the majority of the retailers I talk to. Obviously, you're still like in the contiguous North America, so not quite the same problem, but you are not in the busiest of shipping lanes, let's say. Yep. <laughs> no, very true. So does, is that, especially during the pandemic, was it obviously hard for everybody to get product, but was it maybe especially hard where you're located to get a steady flow of things? Or was that not 
any harder than usual. Yeah, I think as far as that, I don't know if it was any harder than usual. It was more, yeah. there was problems globally with the shipping containers and different things like that mm-hmm. too, that just backlogged the entire shipping industry. So yeah. You know, it just backed things up so much. And yeah. I, I think it, it's tough because uh, as a consumer, I order this, I want it now. And nobody likes to wait. And we appreciate that too. We don't like to make you wait. So I think that was a hard lesson for us and a good lesson was just yeah. to say, hey, we can only control what we can control too. And we'll do our best. That's for sure. And so things have finally settled down as far as shipping is concerned now. Mm-hmm. A lot of the manufacturers actually have an abundance of inventory due to it. it makes it a lot more accessible now. Cutting-edge features and forward-thinking style draw customers to showrooms that prioritize innovation, quality, and curb appeal over bargain prices. To move ahead, retailers need a product that truly sets them apart from the pack. Iconic Spas by Strong Spas is the product to sell. Introducing a revolutionary line of hot tubs destined to shape the landscape, Iconic Spas. Manufactured with centralized trunk lines, integrated cover lifters, and so much more, these are the products your clientele will remember. The new Iconic Spas series honors new thinking from the base to the cover to the industrial strength galvanized steel frame. At the heart of the series is Iconic's HydroPod individualized massage pods that offer a customizable massage, finely tuned with individualized controls. Centralized trunk lines reduce shell perforations, resulting in a significant reduction in potential for leaks. The Iconic architecture is engineered to be structurally superior from the ground up, beginning with the patented DuraBase foundation integrated with a robust, industrial-grade galvanized steel frame. DuraBase is up to 10 times thicker than the competition and is equivalent to a built-in spa pad. Impermeable and pest-resistant, DuraBase creates a downward thermal barrier and provides even, heavy-duty load distribution. Iconic Spa's crowning glory is the integrated spa cover with built-in cover lift technology. This is not your ordinary spa cover. Customers can choose Strong's DuraShield hardcover or new performance fabric soft cover. Iconic's patented covers include lift-assisted manual and semi-automatic operations. Robust, integrated stainless steel lift mechanisms are OEM factory installed. Unpleasant spa cover experiences and high energy usage need no longer be deterrents to making a spa purchase. From its innovations in plumbing with the HydroPod hydrotherapy system to quality of life upgrades with its integrated soft cover lifter systems, Iconic Spas command attention both on the showroom floor and in customers' homes. Partner with a product that will reshape the competitive landscape. Contact Iconic Spas at IconicSpas.com. How have sales been this year? Nothing is going to compare to sort of those pandemic highs. It was something that our industry has never seen before. But do you feel like you're still getting a pretty steady flow of customers now that sort of rush is over? Yeah, again, it's, I think, because of the awareness to our industry and stuff, the swimming pool side is continued growth and people are definitely interested in that backyard ad. And as far as hot tubs, I think there's still a lot of interest out there and stuff, but people aren't just coming in and I'll take that one because it's the only one you have. (laughs) Yeah, we've gone back to that like regular buying cycle where, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Do you think that... I've been having conversations with retailers lately that because of, I'll just take whatever you have because that's the only thing I can get, 
that maybe a lot of people have ended up buying the wrong hot tub for them. Have you started to see some of that from people where it's, we got this hot tub, it was the only one available to us, but now that we have it, we think that maybe it's not the, we don't have the right size or maybe we need a little bit different layout. Are you starting to see some of that yet? It's interesting you say that. I thought there was a possibility of that through yeah. those times for sure. But, you know, I think we just have a lot of good products and I, I just don't think there is a lot of wrong choices. So I think people are happy with them because yeah. they work the way they should and they're going to love it. And the truth is they have nothing else to compare to a lot of times other than is it working properly? Is it efficient? And does it do what I want it to do? That's very true. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious. Again, since you carry such a wide swath of brands and, and just in a bunch of different categories, were as far as all of the supply chain and lead time mess, were there some categories that did better as far as being able to get stuff or was it just across the board all a disaster? <laughs> Yeah, no, I think, yeah, it's a good question. For us, one of the big uh, excitements for us was the amount of above ground pools that were of interest and in being sold. So we uh, gained a lot of a lot of that on the above ground side. Yeah. And I do believe that it's, again, good for our industry because with a lot of the above grounds out there, they're going to enjoy that, obviously, and mm -hmm. put in more permanent pools in the future. And I think we're just going to hopefully see a lot more backyards with a lot more pools in them. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I feel like above ground pools would really take a beating in your climate. Is that, I don't know. Interesting. Um, you know, above ground pools have been around for a long time and yeah. they again have come a long way and the structures are so much better. The technology has come a long way. So it's not the mass merchant blow up pools necessarily right. that you're seeing. These are hard shelled outsides that take an install, but they stay up year round okay. with water. And so they're treated like an in-ground pool. All right. Okay, good. I just, yeah, I, I had never really thought about that before. So when you look forward with the company and what you want to see in the future, what are some of your goals or aspirations going forward for you guys? I think the thing for me and the company would be to strive to continue to find products that, you know, again, better the backyard. And I think that's really what it's all about and finding and keeping on, on what's new and what are the technologies out there and not getting lost in this has been done since 1970. It doesn't matter. We need to grow with the times and we need to give people the new technologies that they're looking for. And the world's advanced and our industry has those capabilities and we just need to make sure people are aware of them. And then the people that are interested in them, I think, are, are going to be happier in the long run. I think that's such a great thing that you said about looking forward and making sure you have the right products and the right technologies and not operating like you did in 1970. That's such a, it's easy to say, but it's hard to do, right? Because we all get stuck in our ways and this right. is how we've done something and changes, change is hard. But I think we know in business that if you're not making those continuous improvements, chances are you're going the opposite direction, which is never good. That's right. Yeah, it's being open to change. And, and again, the consumers let you know, you know, <laughs> when they want change. 
but you just have to listen a lot of the times and see what they're looking for and see what's happening. And it's also following the new trends and things can change overnight with, again, with the social medias and, and yeah. things. All of a sudden, a big celebrity does a certain thing with a pool. Our next two years is, hey, can you do this? Can you do this? So yeah. those are the things to always make sure that as best you can, that you're aware of yeah. <laughs> there and, yeah. and what's worth it and what isn't. What's funny is that when I was growing up in North Dakota, we were always a little bit behind the times by a few years, right? The tr like bigger trends across the country took a little bit longer to to work their way back up to us. But with social media, like you said, I feel like that's kind of a thing of the past. Like we all know what's on trend immediately anymore, right? Yeah. Funny, I, I was talking with a hairdresser that was talking about trends and talking about this and that. And she said to me, you know how our industry changed? She said a lot of the women now, especially and some of the men are going gray. They're just going natural gray. When to think about the impact on a hairdresser, <laughs> that, that's a big impact for them. Oh, that's yeah. a trend. And that right. trend changes. And as that hairdresser, for example, they are going to need to find new ways and, and different things that people are looking for in order to give them w what they need. Yeah. It's so funny. As you said that, I'm like, of course, <laughs> yeah. for that kind of an industry, man, those, that's like, they change fast and often. I remember when I was right. a kid, you'd go in and they'd have those booklets and you'd flip through the book and pick out the hairstyle that you want. And now <laughs> I like the last time I got my hair done, I literally went in with a picture. Actually, I texted her beforehand with a picture of a celebrity. And I was like, yeah, I just want to just could just make this me look like her, her, please. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. Yeah, I had not that hadn't I haven't even thought about that recently. But man, that is so funny. So are you ready for the the spa retailer five? We asked every guest the same five questions at the end. I promise they're not hard, but they're fun. I'm ready. All right. Do you remember the first hot tub that you ever sold? Yes. All right. Do you remember? Do you remember what it was? Who you sold it to? What are the details that you remember about that sale? I I, I'm not going to say that I remember a lot, but yes, I do. It was a hot spring sovereign that I can tell you that the make and model for sure. Uh -huh. um, uh -huh. it, it was in our first location back on Duchess street, the location before where we were now. And yeah, remember it very clearly that way, but that, that was so many people that five years ago. You know how many people, when I asked that question, their first sale was a hot tub sovereign. <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like way before my time. But I definitely know about that hot tub just because That's when I talk to people about it. Yep. Hot, it was a hot spring sovereign. <laughs> That's amazing. What was your first real job? Like a W-2 well, paying job? Yeah. So my first real job, actually, I was my dad had grew up in the hospital field in different things. And so I I was in dietary. And so I was I would make the food, bring the food to palliative care and stuff like that. Oh, and wow. so that was my one of my first paid jobs, I'll say. And yeah, um, you know, and uh, yeah, quite simply, what brought me out of there was going from union to private. And that's what oh. interested me in the private. Okay, interesting. How old were you when you were doing that? I would have started there probably 16, so 16, 17, 18, 19 yeah. there. Yeah. That had to have been like super eye-opening for to be just a teenager and walking into those situations of people going through some hard times. 
Yeah, it's, I can say, though, that they, I, that's the part I enjoyed. I smiled with them and talked to them and did what you should do. And I, I met some very interesting, good people through the I times, bet. too. But no, it was that brings back a lot of memories. Yeah. Thinking through all the years that you've been in the hot tub industry, what would you say is the worst idea that you've ever had? Something you thought was a real, was like, this is the thing. And then it just did not work out the way that you had expected. That is a great question. And uh, that's going to be hard to answer. I Looking back, I think I'm going to say, honestly, a lot of our choices that we've made are very thought out and stuff. We're just not a company that jumps the, the gun too early. Yeah. Um, but what I will tell you is a story that when we first got into patio furniture, that'd be 15, 16, 17, 18 years ago, when we had brought in some furniture to try and some different things, and it was very new and very exciting. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was like, not going over all that well and the product wasn't necessarily as good as it could have been so on Mm -hmm. and so forth and that would have been what I would have classified a bad decision until we revisited and did what we always do which is let's make it better and I'd say that negative turned into a positive yeah patio furniture is a tough category yeah yeah so you got to have a lot of it the styles again the trends change so fast like what you think is a great color then the next person like no one likes your color (laughs) (laughs) like that can be hard but I feel like too in a in a little bit smaller communities like yours like having some nice high-end stuff like the the alternative to the big box stores can also be really great Yeah. And again, you're right in so many ways. And that's the hardest part is being able to have our people pick out what we think. And again, a lot of that does have to do with following the trends and following the social media stuff, because that's where a lot of the decisions are. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say is maybe the best idea or the biggest game changer that you guys have brought to your business? Again, I think I'm going to have to answer the same question, which is I do. One of the biggest things that kind of changed for us, I think, I think when we did the patio furniture, it wasn't all about the patio furniture. It was more, we want to create backyards. We we want a one-stop shop. We want you guys just to come and we can look after it for you. But mm-hmm. it's, hey, just like you said, here, I'm going to give you a picture of this model. Just make me look like it. And, and <laughs> that's what they do. They just say, hey, yeah. you know, here's a picture out of the magazine. Could you please just make my yard look like this? Yeah. And I, I think that ultimately was our goal. And I think that's ultimately where we are now, that we've got the ability to build the yard that you want in the way that you want it. Yeah. The older I get, the more important that convenience is to me. If you can make my life easier, if you can do something without me having to put a ton of thought or manage it, I'm all for it. I'm all for it because I got too many other things going on in my brain. I can just say, this is what I want the outcome to be. You make it happen. So that's right. And I think, and I'm not not alone. I think a lot of people are feeling that way. We just have too much else on our plates. You do it. You're the expert. Fix it. Do it. It's really nice when you can find companies and people who can actually accomplish that for you. Yeah, no. Appreciate all that. And I trust me, I'm the same, but it's none of us have the time. No. uh, and why try to be an expert in something you're not an expert at. It's, I'll let them do that and we'll do what we're good at. At this point, not only do I have my groceries delivered, but they like bring <laughs> them in my house and put them away. That's the level Come of on. convenience that I'm talking about at this point. 
<laughs> when if they I pack could have your some, cupboards for you, that's pretty good. If I could have someone actually like then prepare the meals and serve them to my family, that would be great. <laughs> but we're not selling enough ads for that to happen yet. <laughs> well, hopefully in the future. Oh, man. Last question. Do you have a favorite book or TV show, podcast, movie? What do you? What's your kind of go-to either relax or just to maybe even learn something new? Yeah, I think I like, you're going to laugh, but like Celebrity Apprentice and stuff like that. I always found that kind of interesting. And I'm a huge fan of Shark Tank. And I just, I find that really cool. I love entrepreneurs. I love mm -hmm. new ideas. I, I love the way people think and that kind of stuff. Dragon's Den, the Shark Tank, that kind of stuff would definitely be up my alley. Yeah. No, that's so fun because it's that's like the best of both worlds because you never know what you could like learn and take from that for your business. And then also it's got the, like this kind of the it's fun part to it as well. There's no question. <laughs> and you're cheering for some of them, right? Yeah, absolutely. Them to win and they come up with a good idea and sometimes they just don't have the means to get it to market. Yeah, no, it is. I agree. Those things are really fun to watch. I also, though, since I became a business owner, sometimes they stress me out too much. I relate too much to whatever they're going through. And so sometimes yeah. I'm like, I can't deal with this right now. This is, this is way, hits way too close to home for me. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to be crying during Shark Tank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's so funny. Mike, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Always good to connect to someone from the Great White North. <laughs> Big thank you very much and really appreciate everything too and appreciate your time. Thank you. Retailer Podcast is a production of Spa Retailer Magazine. Let us know what you think by leaving a review or emailing us at podcast at spa Thanks for listening.